Hi there. If you're new to Bright Lights Big Data, thanks so much for checking us out. We'll get to the episode soon, but first a little bit of housekeeping. For those of you who have listened to us before, I just wanted to let you know this episode will be a little bit different. Uh, on Friday, January 25th, we had the pleasure of performing our first ever live show at the Iowa Commission of Latino Affairs' second annual Latino Day on the Hill event, which was held in the state capitol rotunda. It was a great day of learning and community, and we were so happy to have been a part of it. So what you'll be hearing in this episode is that live show where we interviewed Rob Barron, Des Moines School Board member and founder of the Latino Political Network. A couple notes, you may recognize the MC introducing us as the guest from our last episode, Marlou Abarca. In addition to her work at the library and many other endeavors, she is the vice chair of the Commission of Latino Affairs. Also, in the interest of time, we did not do our usual five questions in the interview. So big thanks to everyone involved and to the organizers for having us. One more thing, make sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at BLBDPod, and don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Now that all that's out of the way, please enjoy our first ever live show. They'll name a city after us, and later say it's all our fault, then they'll give us a talking to. Up next, we have a very exciting um, uh, program that we're going to bring you. Uh, so one of our other sponsors is Bright Lights Big Data, and it's a local podcast um, by Sammy and Mike Armstrong. So today, they will be interviewing Rob Barron, who is a Latino elected official, but it's going to be a live broadcast of their podcast. Um, they've interviewed um, almost every level of elected official and appointed official in the local government and in state government. So there's a lot of information there if you'd like to learn more about some of those positions for their podcast. In this portion of the program, we're going to present a program, but it will be in vivo and we're going to record it. It will be part of a show called Bright Lights Big Data, which you can encounter on iTunes or in Google Play. You can download the application and look for the show. But Tammy and Mike Armstrong will present different interviews with politicians elected at the local level and at the state level. So my name is Marlou Barca. Again, thank you all so much for being here and joining us for the 2019 Latino Day on the Hill. This is our second annual celebration here. And I'm so grateful to have all of you here, all of our sponsors. Lula, Latino, Odriga, United Land Rights Citizens. We have the Leaders Council in Des Moines, Black and Bold Specialty Beverages, Ritual Cafe, Luna, Iowa, Latinas, Unidas, Panamá, Manasset, and the Latino Political Network. And last but not least, Bright Lights Big Data. So I'll let Mike and Tammy take it away. Un aplauso, por favor. Thank you. Good morning. Thank you all so much for being here, and thanks Marlou and the Iowa Commission of Latino Affairs for having us. We are the hosts of Bright Lights Big Data, a podcast about people, places, and data. I'm your data host, Tammy Armstrong. And I'm your planning host, Mike Armstrong. Um, again, we want to say uh, we are so excited to be here today. This is such an important event, and we're um, very grateful for the invitation to come share it with all of you. Um, 
We started the show to learn more about how change happens at a local and statewide level. Um, so we've been interviewing public officials, um, staffers, nonprofits, other organizations um, that are all out there advocating for positive change in our communities. Um, so it's been a, a fantastic learning experience for us. Um, we hope it will be for our listeners as well. And it's uh, something that just made uh, so much sense and got us really um, excited for today that we're here at an event where we're learning all about how the state legislative process works, how to talk to media, how to advocate, you know, the skills that you need to go out and um, push your message and really connect. Um, so with that, we'll get started. Yeah, so we're here, very excited to talk to one such change maker, Rob Barron. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to be here. Uh, so we'll kick it off with our, our first question. Uh, what, can you tell us a little bit about what you do and how did you get here? Well, I do a handful of things, I suppose. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I'm employed full-time with Grandview University on Des Moines East Side, and I do government and community relations, so I'm up here on the, on the hill uh, occasionally to, to advocate for and on behalf of our students. Uh, I also, with that job, I, I work on building community partnerships and programs that can serve the needs of folks in the Des Moines area and also offer learning experiences for our students. Uh, on my personal time, I am serving my second term as an at-large member of the Des Moines School Board. And I'm one of the founders of the Latino Political Network, which is a nonprofit that uh, was founded uh, almost four years ago to elect uh, more Latinos across the state of Iowa. Thanks. <laughs> um, so we heard a little bit uh, from Omar and the Latino Political Network, um, but with your work there, with your work as an elected official, can you tell us a little bit about um, why the work that you do matters so much for Iowans? So I was elected to the school board in 2013, and one of the reasons that I ran was I'm a, I was born in Des Moines, and I grew up here, and I've been involved in politics for a long time. I was fortunate to work for uh, Tom Harkin, the United States Senator, for a number of years. And I always kind of felt like this was going to be a path I would follow. But one of the reasons I ran in 2013 is because I was very aware that there were, had been no Latino elected to any office in Polk County. And I felt like I could maybe win one campaign. And that that could change some things for our community in terms of getting respect and, and being better heard. And I and we did win um, by 28 votes, though, uh, out of uh, in a community of 200,000 people. So it was a really close election. And after I got in, uh, I was, for, 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 um, for some reason, was asked to identify other Latino elected officials in the state. And I realized there's no list out there. Um, so Omar and I were working together at the time, and so we started building that list. And, uh, and then, you know, a year or so later, uh, I'm in between jobs, and, and I see a commercial for something that Iowa State does to train women to run for mm -hmm. office. And I said, well, somebody should be doing that for Latinos. There's just not enough. And, and then I said, well, yeah, I should do that. <laughs> and then, so I called Omar up, and I said, hey, listen, we're... At the time, we were both unemployed, so we had plenty of time. Around us. <laughs> and uh, and we started this uh, project, and then 
what we've been able to do is more than just identify the only Latino elected officials in the state, but then to connect them and network them, because many of them are the only Latino elected official in their city. And they're on an island in a way, and they shouldn't be. They should be part of a network. They should feel like they're part of a community that doesn't, and, you know, this day and age with podcasts and everything like that, you've got, <laughs> you know, there's no, there's no geographic limits on us if we if we use technology so so we mentor people we train people and everything we do is free because the the, the ethic behind this work is that there should be no barriers to public service there are only 23 latino elected officials in the state of iowa there's 7,500 elected offices we are vastly 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 underrepresented we're sitting here in the rotunda of the state capitol and there's no latino state legislator and there never has been that's something that's far, far overdue, and that's the work that we're trying to do. Thank you so much for that. I, I think one of the fascinating themes and people that we talk to on our show is just that drive to say, hey, I, I've recognized a need, and why not me to take care of it? And uh, it's so fascinating how once you start asking those questions and, and you take that leap, great things can come out of it. So thank you for taking that leap. <laughs> Oh, I'm up. Sorry. <laughs> uh, so our third question, what are you most excited about right now? Well, I, that's a really good question. And uh, there's a number of things that get me excited, I suppose. Uh, I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to be in this room with, with uh, a packed room full of Latinos that are up here to advocate on behalf of themselves and on behalf of this community. Uh, I'm excited for the future of the state. Uh, much of the growth in our community has been within the last uh, generation uh, with people moving in and, and, and families growing and, and I'm excited for where the state will go. Um, I'm energized by what we can do for children. Uh, you know, we've, uh, the Latino community is also a very young community. Uh, I think mm -hmm. the median age is something like 15 years younger yep. than the, than the uh, median age in the state. So there's some data, right? Yep. Um, we're a young community, but there's a lot of young people that need better representation. We're not doing well by our schools. We're not doing well in terms of maternal and child health. There's a lot more that we can do to make sure that the kids in this state have representation and have advocacy on their behalf. So I'm, I'm excited about all of these things. And, and I feel like there are people that are um, especially within the last two or three years, really seeing some efficacy and coming out and advocating and getting involved, and, uh, and that excites me. That's great. Yeah, this is, um, it is just so exciting uh, interacting with people like you and other people that we've spoken to is that there are some barriers, but they're not insurmountable. Um, so many people that we've talked to before they ran for office or before they took on a um, new role at a nonprofit or joined a board, um, there's a lot of mystery around it. When you look at it, you're like, I don't know everything that you would need to know to be you know, on the school board or on city council. But at the same time, every single one of those representatives went through the same thing of you learn on the job that... Um, as uh, we heard for, from the media training, it's okay to say that you don't know. It's not expected that you're gonna know everybody, or know everything, but everybody. <laughs> the, the fact that you're committed and passionate and um, care about your community and um, 
your area, that's, that's qualification enough um, to go out and get involved and to make change. Um, so before we wrap up, I was wondering if you had any other uh, final comments for the people here, for our listeners? Well, building off of what you just said, I mean, I would say 99.9% .9 of local elected officials don't know what they're getting into when they get elected. <laughs> and that's okay. Uh, you know, I see Santos Saucedo in the, in the crowd. I'm just going to look at him real quick and say, uh, did you really know what you were getting into when you ran for city council? <laughs> he says, no, Muscatine City Council, no. Muscatine County Supervisor, the first uh, Latino County Supervisor in the state of Iowa. Uh, but, that, but that's okay. We, you know, we, we come to these roles because we feel passionately about something. Um, school board members are unpaid, so I'm just a volunteer. And I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't feel like there was a need, if there, and, the, and that I had a perspective to bring. There's no other barrier to public service than to see that you have something to offer and the willingness to try and get out there and advocate for yourself. That's it. Everything else can be figured out. We can figure out how to win an election. We can figure out how to raise money. We can figure out how to knock on doors and what to say and how to dress and all that kind of stuff. That's just along the edges, really. If you see a problem and you think you can fix it, we need you in public service. Uh, you know, in a way, we really devalued that because we see what's happening in Washington on the federal level and, and people here a lot of negativity and they think I don't want to be associated with that and rightly so there's a lot that we don't want to be associated with that's going on right now but there's so many problems out there that can be solved in a very constructive way through elected public service and we need more people to be willing to participate one of the reasons why I only won by 28 votes is because only about five or six percent of the people the registered voters actually voted mm -hmm. so sometimes it's not even as, as, as big of a thing as, as running for office, we just need you to get out and vote. Yeah. And if, if our community participated at a strong rate, even in local elections, then we would have a, uh, we would have a bigger voice. And, and so, you know, I, it's this work and, and really everything I do is about just getting people to enter that sphere and to be, feel confident to, to advocate. And, and the reason why we formed this organization is to give people a framework and a support network to do that with confidence. We're here to help you out with that. You know, Omar was speaking to the crowd earlier and he basically said our ethic, which is if we can give you guidance, we're gonna do that. If we don't have it, but we know somebody else that can provide that guidance, we're gonna make that connection because we're going to get you what you need so that you can advocate for yourself. That's what we need more of in this state. Absolutely, and I think all of the organizations here today, um, the organizers of this event, the people in this room are all you know, here to support each other, lift us up, and um, provide those opportunities. We just need people with passion, uh, drive, and a willingness to get out there. Um, but that is all we have time for today. We could uh, talk for hours, I am <laughs> sure. Um, but with that, we wanted to thank Rob. Um, we wanted to thank the Iowa Commission of Latino Affairs and the organizers for having us here, creating this space. Um, with that, this has been Bright Lights and Big Data. Um, thank you for your time.